Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 43. Amen. We're going to start in uh, verse 7. Ezekiel 43, verse 7. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever, and my holy name shall be, or shall the house of Israel no more defile. Neither they nor their kings by their whoredom, nor by the carcasses of their kings in their high places. In their setting of their threshold by my thresholds, and their post by my posts, and the wall between me and them, they have even defiled my holy name by their abominations that they have committed. <clears throat> Wherefore, I have consumed them in mine anger. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now let them put away <clears throat> their whoredom and the carcasses of their kings far from me. And I will dwell in them, or dwell in the midst of them forever. Thou son of man, show the house to the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. And if they be ashamed of all that they have done, show them the form of the house, and the fashion thereof, and the goings out thereof, and the comings in thereof, and all the forms thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and all... Or say, and all the forms thereof, and all the laws thereof, and write it in their sight, that they may keep the whole form thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and do them. This is the law of the house. Upon the top of the mountain, the whole limit thereof round about shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. Father, for the next few moments this morning, I ask you to use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that you would give us, O oh God, the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word today. Give us, Lord, the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. Give us, Lord, the godly wisdom we need to walk in that path, and we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Amen. The title of the message today is The Laws of the House. Amen. Church, here the Lord begins to declare the separation between normal and everyday life and people of the world versus the holiness with which God's people are to carry themselves and conduct themselves in this walk. There's a complete separation. Absolute separation between God's laws of His house and the world's acceptability of every, anything goes. Everything goes. When somebody looks at you, they need to see a distinct difference between you and everybody else. God always has required a separation between His people and the world. 
always. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.17, Wherefore, come out from among them, be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. Now, let me ask you a question, Sister Hoy. You were in the midst of all sorts of people this week. People in festive galas, so they say. People that were in uh, special events. People that were not in any type of event. People that were just doing whatever. Could you tell the difference in ones that were doing this and that and that and this and that and that and this? Was there a difference? Yeah, they look the same, don't they? Okay, now, everybody uh, except you. Could they tell the difference between everybody else around them and all that kind of stuff? Could they tell the difference who's what and who's where, who's belonging to who, and who's what and what? Could they? No. No. The answer to the question is no, they can't. All these people in State Park, you couldn't tell somebody uh, uh, that was there for fishing versus somebody there that was for canoeing, somebody there that was with a church group, somebody there that was this. You can't tell the difference in them except for one one little lone she-lamb who even amongst all the other lambs from their own little flock, there was one that stood alone. Could they tell a difference in you? Yeah. Did you know that's the point? Because God wants them to come up and say, You look so nice. Why? Why are you doing what you do? Mm -hmm. Let your light so shine. And see, that draws them to you. You know, see, you don't even realize it. Every eye in the whole place is on you. I've worn a suit and hats my whole life. And I wear the hat. The hat does not wear me. I'm made to be in a hat. And I... I shape my own hats. And I've always worn a hat. And in a crowd of 10,000 people, I can walk in place with a suit and a hat on, and every head in the building is going to look at me. They're going to look at me because they, they see somebody that stands out. They're going to see, and then they're going to go to trying to think, this guy's either an oil tycoon, uh, he's some kind of, Texas big ranch owner or some kind of executive oil guy. or you know, They're trying to figure out who I am. But if you haven't noticed, I very seldom ever wear a hat anymore because I must decrease that he might increase. I don't want to be known. I don't want people trying to figure out if I'm some rich cowboy. I don't want somebody trying to 
trying to figure out what I... I want them to look at me and say, that's a preacher right there. I bet that guy's a preacher. What makes you think that? Because he's in a suit and everybody else is in shorts. It's 150 degrees out here and this man's in a suit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got a Bible in his hand. That's definitely a preacher. I bet he's a Pentecostal preacher. That's what I want him to see. We're designed. God's building us to be that example. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see him. There's always been a command to be separate, the people of God. They need to see your good work and glorify God. So here he says, Show the house to the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities. In other words, God's saying, look, you need to show my people what the problem is. That they can be ashamed. And if they be ashamed of all, of all of that that they have done, show them the form of the house. In other words, show them what we're supposed to be doing here. And show them the form of the house and the fashion thereof, how it's made, what we do, and the goings out thereof and the comings in thereof. Now, I want you to go over, let's go to verse 44, I mean chapter 44, and let's, let's go to verse 4. Now, here we're going to get into our real text here today. Then brought he to me, uh, this is verse 4, then brought he me the way of the north gate before the house, and I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell upon my face. Now, this is, this is something I, I long for all the time. This is what we want to always be in the midst of this house right here, is the glory of God to fill this place. And many times... I've been in the midst of the glory of God to the point to where you could not even preach. Amen. Because of the glory of the house. Because of the glory of the Lord in the house. Amen. And, and I have had, as I've said before, many times in the worship service where, uh, where, you know, it just, uh, it was just such a mood that you couldn't even go into the, into the Word. And that's fine. And I'm okay with that. But I'm going to tell you, man, there, uh, I'd much rather have a move like that going on in the preaching than I would in the praise. Because this is right here is what's going to get you home. We need that We need that renewing of our strength and spirit and all that. We need that renewing. But, man, we need this Bible. We need this right here. It's got to be written on our hearts. And we need the understanding of what God expects of His people. We need His direction. And this is where we get that right here in the Word of God. Okay, so he said, The glory of the Lord filled the house. A house of the Lord, and I fell upon my face. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man. Mark this well in your Bibles here too. Mark well, and behold with thine eyes and heart, with thine ears, all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house. Is everybody with me so far? 
all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and all the laws thereof. And mark well the entering in of the house with every going forth of the sanctuary. Mm. Mm-mm. 400 sermons right there. Church, this is all about how we conduct ourselves in the house of God. This ain't no playground. This ain't no anything goes. This is a holy place right here. And it's always going to remain a holy place right here. When Moses stood in the presence of the Almighty God when he went upon the mount and stood by the burning bush, and the voice of the Lord God came unto Moses and he said, Remove thy shoes. Hi, Mama. Woo! From off of thy feet, for the ground whereon thou standest is holy ground. I want you to know some today, when you come through the doors of that church right there, buddy, and you come into the inner sanctuary right here, which is equivalent to the Holy of Holies, buddy, you better leave all that mess you've been doing out that door, amen, and you better remove all that mess from off of yourself because the ground whereon thou standest is a holy ground. Amen. And we pray it into that holiness. That's why we get together in here. And I'm going to tell you, why do we shout? Why do we pray so loud? Why do we get so excited? Why do we pray with such intensity? Because we're that wicked. We ain't got no little praying to do, folks. The place we walk in is a holy place. In the world we live in is a wicked world. And to pray from a wicked world into a holy place, it requires some serious attention. And it requires some serious commitment. Amen. And you got to mean what you say, say what you mean, and get busy. We can't come into this walk not just lackadaisically and nonchalantly like it's no big deal. He is a big deal. He is the big deal. He is a holy God. And we cannot approach Him like it's some simple little thing. Let me tell you something. If you're too holy and you don't need it, spend all that time then praying for this pastor up here because I need it. If you don't need it and you're holier than that, then you just direct every word you speak to God for this pastor up here because I promise you, I do need it. Amen. Because I'm living in this world and I'm standing in a pulpit that must be holy. I'm standing in a pulpit, amen, that has to have God Almighty Himself purifying this place and this man right here. I need it. So when you run out of something to pray for, just pick me. The Lord said, Son of man, mark well, and behold with thine eyes and heart, oh, and behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and the laws thereof. He said, mark it well. Don't just hear it. Write it down. Mark it. 
and mark well, now listen carefully, the entering in of the house. What's it talking about? Anybody want to hit me right there? Mark well the entering in. Anybody? What's that? Let me ask you a question. How do you enter into this house? Mark it well. You mark that well. You mark it well, and you make sure everybody else knows it. You mark it well in your heart, and you mark it well that everybody else that knows that's the only way into this house. The only way into this house is in the waters of baptism. That's how you get in this house. And you mark well what's expected when you come into this house. You mark well the entering in of the sanctuary. You mark it well the entering in of this house. You mark well what is supposed to be and what is not supposed to be in the house of the Almighty God. Mark it well because I have declared it and it will not be defiled. Let me tell you something, church. Don't never think I'm singling anybody out when I come and I say that is not acceptable. Don't get your feelings hurt. If you wear your feelings on your sleeve, you will never make it in this walk. You cannot do that. You must submit yourself to the Word of God. It's not about you, folks. It's about everybody else. Your smoking wasn't about your smoking. Your smoking was about another 30 people you're going to reach that's going to see the goodness in you from and what's going on in your life. They're going to see that there's a change in your life that's coming from this walk. Amen. And that's going to draw them to this walk. Praise God. They're going to say, man, you know what? What you got's real. Everybody else goes to church too, but they still pumping them cigarettes. You're going to a church even though you didn't want this. You didn't want that. You did it anyway, and it's working. They're going to see there's something different about this walk than every other walk. That's the plan of God. Mark well. Mark it well. What does it mean, mark it well? This right here is marking it well. I'm marking it well. I'm helping you to see it. I'm helping you to understand it very clearly. Praise God. That's marking it well. And you know what? Since you mark it well and you understand it, you're going to let the next one know. Amen. You know what? The first thing when somebody does, and this is why you must do these things. The first thing that's going to happen when somebody, some new woman comes to this church, the first thing she's going to do, she's not going to come in here and say what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. She's not going to ask me, is, it, is pants acceptable, is this acceptable, is that acceptable. Not going to, she's not going to say one word to me about it. She's going to walk in and she's going to go. All her questions are answered right there. They're answered. She will never come. Now, she may come to me later and say, why? Most likely, she's going to come to you and say, why? I see everybody's in dresses. Why? Well, because the Bible says it. Where? Right here. Deuteronomy 22.5. Amen. Yeah, but that was this. Well, let's go and look at some other scriptures. Then when you get to an impasse, you say... You need to talk to the pastor. He'll help explain it to you. See? But the first thing they're going to do is they're going to look around and they're going to see what is the accepted 
methods and modes of operation. Mark it well. Mark it well. Absolutely. You need to mark it. You need to walk that walk. Okay? Now, he says, Mark well and behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house. Doesn't sound like it's a very simple deal, does it? Of the Lord and all the laws thereof. There are many, many laws concerning the house of God. And mark well the entering in of the house with every going forth of the house, of the sanctuary. Let me tell you something, folks. You are now. Now listen, listen, listen carefully right here, because this is good stuff right here. You mark the entering in of the house and all the acceptable things. Of the house, how do you mark it? With your going forth of the sanctuary. Somebody explain that to me. <laughs> Come on, spit it out. I know you got some. I can see something twirling in that mind. Come on, sister. Praise God, that's it. Hallelujah, that's exactly it. You mark well all the ordinances, all those laws, all those things. You're marking those well. Why? By your going for, with your going force from the sanctuary. You leave the sanctuary, man. You walk out this door. Listen, you go driving down. I, I challenge you right now. You go past any other churches when you come out of here. Well, they'll all be closed and probably gone. But if they were coming out, just by the time I'm, I'm, I'm revving up, they're, they're heading for Shoney's. But when, when they come out, you can't tell them from the ones coming out of the bar right down the street. They look one in the same. T-shirts, shorts, flip-flops, any kind of way. There is no distinct difference between them and the ones that are down at the bar. No difference. Because the motto is, come as you are, let Jesus make the change. It's all about comfort. It's all about not putting you out any kind of way. My goodness, Jesus don't care about all that. When you come out of here, now let me tell you something. As I've said before, if you ain't got nothing but a toe sack, amen, you're going to have more than that when you leave here. Because I guarantee you plenty of us around here got somebody around here got some extra stuff, and we're going we're gonna to put it on you. Amen. You come as you are. I don't care about all that. I'm not about fancy stuff. I'm not about all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, you come any kind of way you can to get in this house. Amen. Praise God, but do the best you can. And if you're doing the best you can, man, you come right on. Praise God, I'll dance in the Holy Ghost with you. But don't leave that best dress or best suit in the closet reserved for a funeral when we're here to celebrate your life and your life for God. You come to honor the king. We honor the 
We honor the living God. Praise God, not the God of death. We don't, we don't honor, we ain't honoring death. I mean, if you dress better to go to a funeral than you do to the house of God, partner, you in a world of trouble. If you would dress better to walk the red carpet of Hollywood than you would to come to the King of Kings in the Lord of Lords house, some wrong there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Just like the devil wants them to be. So you mark well the entering in with every going forth of the sanctuary. Awesome. Yeah, that's good, brother. It's good. Amen. I know you didn't want to get all the glory, so you, amen. That's good. Like that humble humility there, brother. That's good. Amen. And thou shalt say to the rebellious, even to the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations, in that ye have brought into my sanctuary strangers, uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh, to be in my sanctuary to pollute it. Does that sound like come as you are and let Jesus make the change to you? No. God ain't playing no Mickey Mouse game here. Even my house, when ye offer my bread, the fat and the blood, and they have broken my covenant because of all your abominations. Now, here we go. Here we go. Listen carefully. We're in a covenant in here. We're in a covenant in here. Does everybody understand that? We entered into a covenant back there in the name of Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism. For those of you on camera, there's a baptistry right behind you that you cannot see. That's where you enter into a covenant with Him. Begins at the altar and ends in the waters of baptism right there. And He consummates it with the blood from Calvary. But you can't come up in here uncircumcised in heart. Now the circumcision of the flesh is not no longer needed. But the circumcision of the heart is always needed. You cannot have a covering over of the heart. It must remain exposed to God. And it must remain in covenant with Him. You cannot have a glazing over or a covering over of your mind. Because you're naked and opened unto the Lord from whom we have to do. And this is why God said, You allowed this stuff to come in my sanctuary. My holy place. And it broke the covenant with me. I have an obligation up here as, as, the, as the pastor of this church and as the guarder of the gate. And I'm not the only one. Amen. Every one of us are to guard the gate. Every one of us are to guard the gate. We are gatekeepers of this fold. Let me tell you something. You look at nature itself, the crows are called the sentinel of the forest. Why is that? 
because they'll let every animal in the forest know when there's danger lurking around. When they start crowing a certain way, every ear in that forest is looking up because the, they know. And even when crows eat, man, I've been hunting since I was a uh, man, since I was knee high to a grasshopper, hunting my whole life. And I can tell you, you learn a lot sitting in a tree stand, buddy. You learn a lot tracking deer and tracking squirrels and things like that, tracking all kind of animals and hunting squirrels and all that. Let me tell you something. You watch them crows, they've always got lookouts in the trees. Not all of them will come down at once. Now, you might have a dozen down there, but you're going to have four or five up in them trees. You'll never have less than one up there. And he's just sitting up there watching. And after a while, one will take off and go up there, go up there and get in the tree. Usually, he's the one that discovered it. He ate his fill, then he went up there and let everybody else know, deer corn, 12 o'clock. Amen. Here they come, and they're going to try to get as much that a deer corn as they can or whatever and the squirrels come as well amen but that up there in the tree he's watching and if something comes along or if he spots you buddy he's going to crow a certain way and out they go they're protecting one another and that's exactly what we do in the house of god when you see something going on amen well i hate to tell pastor you better tell pastor because i'm gonna tell you something we got some work garden right here Amen. When you see something going on or not be going on, it needs to be addressed immediately. Because we need, to, we need to make sure we guard the gate to this fold, because the devil's always going to try to get in. He said here, In that you have brought into my sanctuary strangers, uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh, to be in my sanctuary to pollute it. It's pollution to the Lord. When ye offer my bread and fat of the blood and have broken my covenant because of all your abominations. You broke my covenant because of all your abominations. So we have to keep this walk pure and this sanctuary pure. And ye have not kept the charge of mine holy things. But ye have set keepers of my charge in the sanctuary for yourself. Mm. There are so many churches today that the pastors are not even in their pulpit today. They're off doing something else, and they've left somebody else in charge. They put other they put other people in charge of the very flock that God put under them. He said, "Ye have not kept the charge of mine holy things, but ye have set keepers." of my charge in my sanctuary for yourselves. Take care of this. I've got to go. i got to go. i got to go sit in my high seat. You take care of this. Make sure you get all the tithes now. Thus saith the Lord God, listen very carefully, church, no stranger, uncircumcised in heart, nor uncircumcised in flesh, that part's not necessary, shall enter into my sanctuary of any stranger that is among the children of Israel. No stranger. Nobody is going to walk up in here that's got an ulterior motive and that does not have a heart for what we're trying to do here. 
and the Levites that are gone away far from me when Israel went astray, which went astray after, uh, away from me after their idols, they shall even bear their iniquity. Now, I want to look at some other stuff here too because this is a long message and we're not going to get all this message in this morning, I promise you. The Bible says, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Praise God. But let's just take a look at the house of God, shall we? Let's just take a look. Brother, uh, quick, give me 2 Corinthians 4. And we're going to start at verse 3 and go through 13. Brother, uh, Brother Jay, would you give me Psalms 1, 1 through 3? And Brother... Uh, Brother Mike, would you give me Hebrews 8 and 10, please, sir? Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 4, 3 through 13. Now, I'm going to dissect this a little bit as you're going. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Did I say that? No, no, no. Hold on. Give me Acts, Acts chapter 7. That's what I want you to give me. Forget that last one there. I'll catch that one. Acts chapter 7, 48 through 50. Okay. Come on, 48 through 50. Okay, now you hear that? How be it? How be it? The Lord dwelleth not in temples made with hands. You hear that? Okay, come on. That through 50? Okay, see that? What house will ye build me? <laughs> what house will you build me? Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. <clears throat> what house are you going to build me? What you got? I mean, hadn't my hands made all these things? All this mine. What are you going to build me? He don't dwell in houses made with hands. Amen. So, let's take a look at 2 Corinthians. Go there with me, everybody. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and let's take a look at 3, verse 3. <laughs> but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Boy, I tell you, that's the truth, because this gospel not hid from me. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, in ourselves in uh, ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Okay? What does that mean? He said that, look, we have all that power we were just talking of right there. If our gospel be hid, what we're preaching is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom, in those people, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Those that believe not, God, the God of this world, which is the devil, hath blinded the minds of them. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He blinded them so that the light from God cannot shine unto them. 
For we preach not ourselves. Paul said, hey, I don't preach about me. I don't preach about my power. I don't preach about anything about me. But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves. And what we preach is that we are your servants for Jesus' sake. I'm a servant of the Most High God for your sake. That's why I'm here. I'm not here for my sake. I'm in this pulpit for your sake. For your sake. That's what I'm here for. I'm a servant of the Most High God for your sake. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. The very one that spoke this world into existence shined into our hearts, into my heart, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. He, he, showed, me, he showed me His knowledge. He showed me the knowledge of and helped me to understand His glory and the glory of God that's in the face of Jesus Christ. So the glory of God being Jesus Christ, He revealed that to me and to Paul, as he's saying here. But we have this treasure. He's saying we have all this understanding. We have all this power, the power that's in the gospel, the understanding of the word, the gospel, the doctrine that we have, we have it in these earthen vessels. This word is in me. I've got this in me, this earthen vessel. Amen. And the reason that I have it in this earthen vessel is so that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So in other words, when you see the power, amen, you realize the power, amen, when I lay hands on somebody and they're healed, when I lay hands on a dead man and he raises up and becomes alive once again, amen, if I do those type of things, amen, you know I'm a man just like you are and there's no possible way that a man can do those type of things. It must be the real God. Amen. Who are you following? Jesus Christ. He must be the real God. And so knowing that we have this in earthen vessels, it is to bring glory to God who is the bringer of that power. So, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us because we are weak. He's not. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Amen. So, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then the death in us worketh but life in you. Worketh in us but life in you. <clears throat> Amen. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen. Okay. Now, so I believe, therefore I speak. Okay, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Who's got that?
Okay. Now, this won't take but about an hour and a half, so just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't panic. <laughs> Don't panic. Amen. Okay, so let's go back through that. Now, listen carefully. Listen carefully to this one little piece right here. Listen to the beginning of this. Yeah, one, one through three. But I want you to start at one right there. Go ahead and let's, let's start right there just again, just for a minute. So we'll take a close look at this. Okay, come on. Stop. What is ungodly? Sums it up right there. And did you know? Ungodly has different levels. Ungodly has different levels. There are certain things that's ungodly to this man, but may not be considered ungodly to another because they don't know it yet. Let me tell you something. To a holiness pastor, what's ungodly? To a holiness pastor, for pastors that are supposed to be holy, that know the truth, what's ungodly? Everything is ungodly that's ungodly. Everything is ungodly. Amen. Because if you know this Bible, all that stuff's ungodly to you because you know it. You know better. It's ungodly. To you, it's ungodly. But let me tell you something. If you've got an ungodly pastor, if you're in an ungodly situation in a church, the Bible says, Blessed, start that over. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Can you hear me now? Nor standeth in the way of sinners. That means nor doing the same thing that sinners are doing. Nor standeth in that sinful way. nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Come on. Okay, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Why do you think God will pull you and move you and put you in something that's stronger than what you came out of? It's to bless you. It's because God saw something in you that you need. And you evidently have shown God in some way or another that you want it. And God said, okay, want and need, have and supply. There you go. Want it, got it. Need it, filled it. Okay, is that it? But delight in the law of the Lord. Notice these are laws, folks. These are not laws to make your life a living hell. These are laws to deliver you from it. These are laws to make your life much better than your mind can wrap around. The devil is a filthy liar. He's lying to you. Trying to tell you how to, well, my God, Jesus would never do that, my Lord. What's this nut talking about? Oh, my gosh. 
Jesus did away with all that on the cross. I mean, what is this guy doesn't even have a Mickey Mouse degree, much less a doctorate. My God, what are you following this nut for? When you hear that mealy-mouthed devil running his mouth, whatever he says to run from, you need to run to it. When he says run, you need to say, thank you, devil, you're right. I'm running straight to it. I'm going straight to church right now. Wait a minute, it ain't church today. I know, man, but you, what you just said was, man, that's the wisest thing you ever said. I'm running right now to the house of God. He'll quit telling you to run. <laughs> Get away from that. You're right. I was going to stay in that mess right there a little longer, but I'm getting away from it right now. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. Now, wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. I didn't mean it that way. What is the rest of it? In his law, not in his suggestions, in his law doth he meditate day and night. We need to be meditating on this stuff day and night. It needs to be on your mind. I just can't get that church service out of my mind. I just can't get I keep hearing this same scripture. I don't I just can't get praise the Lamb of God. It's exactly what's supposed to be happening. Your mind's supposed to be on Jesus twenty four seven. It's all about him. That's your whole life's supposed to be about Jesus. Amen. Everything about it. Amen. That's what's supposed to be happening. Praise God. It's good stuff. All right. All right, who's got uh Hebrews eight ten? Listen to this now. Covenant. It's the covenant, yes. That's okay. See that? Praise God. Now, I will put my laws in their heart and in their minds will I write them. We are the ark of the covenant. We are the ark that bears the covenant now. And wherever the ark of the covenant is, that's where the power of God is. Praise God. So if his word's written in your heart, that's where the power's at. Amen. If it's written in there, praise God. And if you're, if you're walking in that covenant, that's where the power's at. Amen. Praise God. So, so what is the house of God, folks? He said, what house will you build me? That's right. Say it out loud, brother. That's right. What's the, what's the, what's the house of God, folks? Amen. Say it like you mean it. Amen. Praise God. Okay. So now, now, now we'll just kind of, Ease on back. Then brought me the way of the north gate before the house. And I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house (laughs) of the Lord. And I fell upon my face. The Lord said unto me, Son of man, mark well. Behold with thine eyes and hear with thine ears all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and all the laws thereof. What's the house of the Lord? And mark well the entering in of the house with every going forth of the sanctuary. We are the house of God. This is the sanctuary. Now shalt say the rebellious, even to the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations, in that ye have brought into my, my sanctuary strangers, uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh, to be in the sanctuary, to pollute it, even, even my house. And ye offered 
my bread where ye offer when ye offer my bread. Amen. And fat of the blood, and they have broken my covenant because of all your abominations. And ye have not kept the charge of mine holy things, but ye have set keepers of my charge in my sanctuary for yourselves. It tells us here not to allow strangers that are wicked to come into the sanctuary. And it tells us to keep our vessels clean and pure and holy. Amen. Let's take a look. Sister, give me 1 Corinthians 3.17, please. Sister Sharon, Luke 12.34. Sister Hoy, Proverbs 18.10, please, ma'am. Sister Anna, uh, John 15.4, please, ma'am. Sister Tara, give me 2 Corinthians 6. 14 through 17. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 17. No, no, no. 1 Corinthians 3, 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. You got it, sis? Okay, go ahead and read that if you don't mind. Uh-oh. What? <gasps> what? This is not Old Testament, folks. This is New Testament. This is New Testament. So you can't bring that you can't bring that argument. Oh, oh, that's Old Testament. That's done away with. That's Old Testament. It's done away with. No, 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 no. It's not New Testament. New Testament. Read that again, sister, if you would please, because that is very profound stuff. If any man defile the temple of God, come on. Listen, listen to that. Him shall God destroy. He ain't playing. This ain't no game. This is serious stuff. Come on. For the temple of God is holy. 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 Which temple ye are. Holy. We are to be holy. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Holy is not saying, I'm holy. Holy is living by every law in that book and doing them. Holy is a pure, pure walk. You make cakes. Can you just buy any nonsense that comes across the market? What if they come out with a, you know, you buy some stuff that's pretty expensive to put in these cakes. But why not go get the stuff from, I don't know, you know, like Guatemala, where you can get it, you know, made 47 gallons for half a penny. Instead of paying $12 for an ounce, you can get 12 tons for 20 cents. Why not use that? It's not good enough? 
not good enough? You're not going to get the right result? Is that what you're saying? You're not going to get the desired result? Is that what you're saying? Let me tell you something about a people that are going to stand before this holy God I'm talking about. You're going to stand in front of this God, and He's going to judge whether to put you in heaven or put you in hell for eternity. That is forever. And let me tell you, you better not get no generic preacher. You better not get no generic message. Honey, it may be a steep price to pay to come into the house of a true man of God and hear this, it may cost you your dignity. Your dignity ain't worth having no way if it does. Amen. It may cost you some of your pride. It may cost you some of your uh, 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 well, good looking and all that nonsense. But let me tell you something. You'd rather pay the price now, honey, than stand before the God I'm talking about. Because, buddy, the price you're going to pay then is going to be more than you're going to want to give. Hmm. I'm just trying to get you home, man. I'm trying to tell you what you've learned up to now is a lie. What you've learned anywhere else is a lie. You may have had some bits and pieces of good stuff, but if it's pre- if it if it speaks against what I'm preaching, it's been a lie, folks. It's a non it's a non-truth. Ain't no power in it. I'm trying to help you make it home, man. I truly love you. I truly want the best for you. I have no ulterior motive. You know that. Who's got that next one? Luke 12, 34. Has anybody got that? What's that? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know what? We need to love this. We need to love this. We don't just need to love this church. I know we do. But you know what we need to love? We need to love the power of this Word. What, what, what power are we talking about? I'm not just talking about power to raise the dead. I'm talking about the power to clean you off. The power to clean you up. The power to purify your soul and purify your body. The power to make you want to put cigarettes down. The power to make you want to quit talking nasty. The power to make you want to quit living filthy. The power to make you want to quit living in sin. The power to make you want to change and do it right at any cost. Because whatever the cost be to change your life is going to be a whole lot less than the cost is going to be to not change it. I'm going to tell you, whatever it costs you to make those changes right now are not to be compared with the cost it's going to cost you, but if you don't. Let me tell you somebody, when you're standing before this God I'm talking about, if you hear anything but well done, thou good and faithful servant, partner, you're in a world of trouble, and it's too late when you're standing before Him to make that change. There ain't going to be no, okay, well, go back and try it again. There ain't going to be no, well, it's all right, you're the exception. But God, I didn't know. Yes, you did. You didn't know because you didn't want to know. It ain't because it wasn't preached. I put you under Pastor Travis Hoffman, and I told that man, and I gave him strict instructions. You follow my word, or I'll put you in hell myself. Amen. And I followed his word. And he's gonna say he followed the word. I was standing in the I was standing right behind that man when he gave those words to you. It was my voice you heard, not his voice. His voice was out that day. It was my voice you heard. I was the one that was pulling on your heart, not him. I was the one you rebelled against when you said, No way, I ain't doing it. You didn't say that to him, you said that to me. 
I tried to save you alive. I tried to save your life. I tried to plead with you. I tried to encourage you. You would not have it. I tried to call you. I tried to speak to you in the storm, still small voice. I tried everything. You would not have it. Therefore, here's your portion. We are the holy temple of God, and that's what He expects of us. Nothing less. Okay. Who's got? Sister Hoy, what do you got? Okay, come on. Amen. The name of the Lord. Praise God. There it is. That's where we come into the name of the Lord, back there in that baptistry. It is a strong tower. Folks, we are people of the name. Pentecostal is a description. Apostolic is a description. Jesus' name, that's my name. My wife's name is not, in the eyes of the Lord, Margaret Hoffman. My wife's name is Mrs. Travis Hoffman. That's who she is. She is my bride, and we twain are one. Praise God. And I can tell she's my wife, because that's my dog's hair on her chair. Amen. We are called by His name. Okay. Let's get 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. Three fifteen. First Timothy chapter three verse fifteen. He said, But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Can you hear me now? Amen. We need to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. We are the house of God. We are the church. We make up the church, the body, because we're baptized in Jesus' name. That brings us, makes us the bride. That brings us into the church, makes us the church. Amen. That makes us the body. We are the house of God. We are the church of the living God. And we are the pillars and ground of the truth. We are a walking testament of the truth of the living God. We're the pillars of the truth. The pillars of truth. That means we are that which holds that truth up. We are the pillars and the ground of the truth. We hold that truth. We are the supporters and the holders of that truth. Amen. And what do pillars what do pillars do? They're connected one to another. Amen. And they hold it up, praise God. They are the holding. They're the foundation and they are what holds up 
the building. And we hold it. We are the pillars of the truth. Amen. And pillars, you ever walked over and pushed on a pillar? Now, I'm not saying pillar like a country boy talking about a pillar. That there's a pillar. No. I'm talking about pillars, pillars, man, that you walk over and you push on and you can't move it. It's unmovable. It's the supporting structure. It's part of the building structure. Amen. It's unmovable. When you start knocking pillars over, you better get out of that building because it's going to fall. When the pillars give way, the building's coming down. And that's why he described it as pillars and ground of the truth. Amen. Don't build your house on the sand. <laughs> Amen. You better build it upon the rock. And you better have some strong pillars. Let me tell you, we got some strong pillars. We ain't got many of them, honey. Well, we got strong. <laughs> and we're going to hold that truth. And we're going to let it be pushed. It's unmovable, unshakable. It is the pillar and ground of the truth. We ain't going to be pushed around by the ever wind of doctrine. Ain't nobody going to come in and say, well, are you or aren't you? Well, do y'all believe this way or do you believe this way? We believe one way. Amen. Holiness all the way. There it is. If it's holiness, we follow it. Pray God, well, holiness is on the inside. Oh, no, it ain't. Holiness is inside and out. Holiness is the whole package. Amen. You're holy from the tip of your head to the soles of your feet. Praise God. What they do out there, we don't do it. Well, my family's not down with that. Cut your family loose. Let me tell you. Yeah, it can be done. You're looking at a man had to do it. And you know what? Whether my family believes it or not, they don't bother me. They got upset for a long time about me not making their uh, uh, dinners, Christmas dinners, and their and their uh, uh, Thanksgiving dinners and all that stuff. Psh, hate it for you. Ain't happening. Yeah, we have Thanksgiving dinner here. Now, there's people that leave, that leave here and go have dinners with their family and stuff, too. That's fine. Here's first. This first right here. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you something. It's all about Jesus. It ain't about family. This ain't about family. Let me tell you what you need to be thankful for. Praise God, it's the one brought you. Amen. The one that's kept you. The one that's sustained you. The one you're thankful for. He's the one. Amen. The one we celebrate Christmas is about is Him. Not family, not giving a bunch of presents and a big fat dude and, a, and a, a, a little fluffy beard. I don't care how you dress. You ain't stealing my God's glory. Amen. They become a problem, cut them loose. They need to come to you. You don't go to them. You don't climb down to them. They need to come up to you. And let me tell you something. Listen very carefully. When you're standing up here, and in this walk you are, when you're standing up here, and you're trying to bring somebody up where you're at, you better not say, well, come on up here, let me pull you up here. Because you're going to find yourself standing on your head down there on that floor with them. Why is that? Because... Gravity's on their side. Gravity. Gravity. Let me tell you how you do that. When you're standing up on a higher spot, and you are, you're on higher ground, 
You don't reach down and grab somebody like this. Come on up here. But you got this, and let me tell you, most times you got a brother around you say, hey, man, grab my waistband right there, would you? Bill, grab his waistband too, okay, because this big fish right here, big fish right here, it's going to pull. going to be some tugging going on here. You need a 1,000-pound test line on this in here. Anchor me, man. Okay, come on, here we go. And you pull them up where you're at. Don't you let them single you out and say, oh, hit me, hit me up, hit me up. Okay, give me a minute. Ring, ring. Hey, brother, listen, man, you do anything right now? I was, but I'm not now. Okay, can you come over? I'll be there right now. Knock, knock, knock. Hold on, somebody at my door. That's me. <laughs> okay. Ring. Hey, uh, listen, uh, brother, man, what do you got going on? Well, I'm right in the middle of a conference, man. Do I need to leave? Well, just whenever you get a chance, man. I was just hoping that you would uh, maybe come... Uh, Hold on, man. Somebody's at the door. It's me. Okay. And then you say, hey, fellas, let's go fishing. Amen. And then you go out, praise God, and we go out together. Three-fold cord, not quickly broken, praise God. When you need me, I promise you, no matter what I'm doing, I will be there, and I'll be there just that quick, praise God. Amen. Folks, this is the real deal. This is for all the marbles. You have to understand the seriousness of this walk. I preach on it all the time from 900 directions, but you must understand the seriousness of this. Nothing less than absolute holiness is going to allow you in the gates of heaven. Nothing less than that. If you're sinning, you're going to hell, folks. If you're sinning when you breathe your last breath, you're done. If you think the grace and mercy of God's going to apply, it's not. That only happens on this side, not the other side. When you cross from this dispensation in the micro-millisecond that you cross into the next dispensation, that's judgment. Mercy and grace is gone. Here's where the mercy and grace takes place, right here. It took place at Calvary. It's up to you to plug into that in the waters of baptism and at the altar of repentance. And let me tell you something. Oh, well, what do you do if you sin again? You get yourself to an altar and you repent like David did. Amen. If you're sinning, well, I but, 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 but get your butt out of the way and quit sinning. You can't make it. No sin shall enter therein, the Bible says. What if his, if his mercy and grace was going to take over at the end and you're just going to walk in? What in the world keep the devil out? And then go keep the devil out. Where you draw the line? See, they try to split hairs and everything. The problem with splitting hairs is, man, that you, you'll never come to the end of it. You're going to split that hair to the root, buddy. They know splitting hairs with God. You're either in or you're out. There is no gray area. There's no middle ground. Holiness, hell. That's it. That's it. So we can't be trying to say, well, this is a really bad sin, and that's not a really bad sin. This guy is a, a, mur a murderer. This guy's this. This guy's that. And, uh, but now, but now, mine was just a little white lie. I'll be that gum. Even lies have become segregated. Is that the craziest nonsense you ever heard? My goodness, I didn't realize they came in colors. I can tell you one God that certainly tell you he didn't know they came in colors neither. Bible said, no liar 
shall enter into heaven. No man that maketh a lie is going to be there. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to tell you right now, you better watch yourself because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, man, you lie sometimes, you don't even think about it. You tell a lie in a heartbeat, you don't even think about it. You're just trying to keep hurting somebody's feelings, and, buddy, it'll put you in hell, hell, hell. And you're trying to keep hurting somebody's feelings. Let me tell you something. You need to get over all this political correctness garbage and start living it like God wrote it. Because it don't matter when it comes down to whether you're going to heaven or hell and whether you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Partner, they ain't worried about hurting your feelings. When's the last time they come to church with you? They ain't worried about hurting your feelings when they said, no, I don't want to go to that crazy church. First of all, if that don't hurt your feelings, that hurts my feelings. And if it does hurt your feelings, then that ought to show you right there they ain't too concerned about hurting your feelings. Why are you worried about hurting theirs? Do you think I'm bad? Uh, give me a minute to contemplate that. Now... Why would you deem it necessary to ask me that question if you did not already know the answer? Are you asking me if I think you're a nut? For possibly even considering that you might be fat? Are you wanting to tell me, no, that you've lost your mind by no stretch of the imagination? Are you fat? You certainly wouldn't want me to call you crazy, would you? No. Well, then you're absolutely fat. Because I know by asking me that question, you were sitting there thinking you're fat. I don't want you to think I think you're nuts. So I'm going to agree with you. Yes. Yes, you're a little overweight. I didn't even go that far. Why is it that we... Let me tell you something. If somebody's fat... They know they're fat. I'm still working on it, but I'm still fat. I'm not where I want to be. You don't have to be all broken hearted because I'm not going to come up to you and tell you it's some glandular problem. The only gland I'm having a problem with is this hole in my face up here that I keep shoving stuff into, and it comes out all over everywhere except where I want it. Not one dadgum cupcake has popped out on my arm right here. I mean, I listen, man, I go like this, and somehow all them big old cupcakes and things just didn't go where they're supposed to. I'm supposed to have 14 cupcakes right there like that in a row, not all mixed together like a blob. You know, rip supposed to be, you know, boom, you know. That didn't happen. Nobody held me down and shoved cupcakes up my nose. I dove in and I've just recently come out. Now, it's a price to pay to get back where I want to be. Doesn't mean we hate somebody or we, you know, go over and just, 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 just roll over them like a steamroller. We all have problems we need to... And let me ask you something, man. You know, if you've ever heard me pray about uh, 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 food, why is it... I, and I've had people ask me, why do you pray that, you know, for healing of our bodies? Because there's not ever a time 
that anyone on this planet does not have something in their body that needs to be healed. Even if it's nothing less than your mind, something needs healing. You've always got something going on inside you. You ain't got no ideas going on in there. There's always a battle going on in you, whether it's bacteria or this and that and things trying to attack you and things in the church. We need pray for We need prayer for healing. Amen. That's why I say, Lord, bless this food to the nourishment and the healing of our bodies. Amen. Praise God. And if for nobody else, I do it for me because there's lots of stuff in my body needs healing all the time because I have tried my best to destroy it ever since I was born. Amen. If I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd probably took better care of myself. Amen. Praise God. So, church, we are the temple. It must remain holy. It must remain pure.